May I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Sunday. It can leave us dazed or overwhelm us by the amount of ground we cover. We have swung in our narratives from welcoming Jesus as King with great joy and shouts of Hosanna, Lord, save us, to Jesus' death on the cross, following urgent shouts, crucify him. But part of what is interesting as we delve into this Passion Week, the week of looking and being unhurried as we approach Easter next Sunday, is that statistically, 50% of church people after today will not be in church again until Easter Sunday. Bam! Crucifixion, resurrection, like the blink of an eye. But as we saw today, can we really take it in if it moves that fast? Maybe that's why the steady gaze of Holy Week is called for. Any story worth repeating is a story worth paying attention to. And that will happen over and over again from different lenses and with different foci this week. Today, as we are at this tipping point into Holy Week, I want to consider the people and concepts that are at odds of it in our narratives. That was so beautifully read by our youth. Thank you, Grace and Maggie and Michael. Overall, there is innocence and injustice. Jesus is innocent. Pilate proclaims it three times in our narrative, but he orders the crucifixion. We see illustrated for us categorical responses to this chaotic time of decision-making. Pilate, perhaps the uncaring, or maybe from his perspective, having no real stake in things. Herod is the curious governmental leader, and Jesus, the one who is surrendered, calm, enduring to the end. There is also the crowd, which has the voice that alters the outcome. Loud voices. We may also include the thieves on the crosses next to Jesus. One desperate, one resigned. I cannot help but add, with all of this description with so much detail, you will not find an actual description of the crucifixion in the Gospels. It is always one line. They crucified Jesus. There is a gravity to that. It was too horrifying, killing God so violently in such a shameful way. Even now, as we consider it, I think the physical response is to look away. It is too much. This is the ultimate too much. We see in our narrative that there was carelessness, curiosity, and condemnation at play. Pilate had the authority to rule in favor of Jesus' life, but not the care or investment. Herod had the power to change the outcome and perhaps was merely playful and harsh in his curiosity. Lent and Holy Week push us to ask, who is God? Who am I? And what am I doing? Who is God? Who am I? And what am I doing? Are we careless? Powerful, harshly playful with the most important things? And in our person, what has the significant place for final decisions? In this narrative, it is voices. Voices. Voices that are wrong but have momentum out of fear, jealousy, envy, power. Voices that are repetitive, 
Today we hear the voices that are insistent, urgently demanding, loud with shouting. I can only imagine in this stew of carelessness and curiosity, the, voice, the voices of condemnation were so loud and with no break. And you know that feeling when you're in a crowd, and sometimes it can happen even just with one person. The volume rings in your head, and you cannot think straight. Who are we? And what are the voices we hear when we respond to the big things in life? The ruler, the judge, and the shouting crowd are tethered to the voices and not to God. It is heartbreaking and calls us to reflect. It called them to response in a moment. The end of this passage is so powerful, beginning at verse 47. When the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God and said, Certainly this person was innocent. And when the crowds who gathered there for the spectacle saw what had taken place, they returned home, beating their breasts. But all his acquaintances and those who followed him stood at a distance, watching these things. With the swing of content today, a part of the question may be, what is real? A king is welcomed, and then the king is killed. Our allegiances as humans are so precarious. Care, power, the voices we hear, they cannot be our tethered. It must be God. Who is God in this passage? The enduring, faithful one? The innocent one who is treated with contempt, mocked, physically assaulted, murdered. The willing one who does everything that must be done to save us because of love. Love. That is missing from the humans in our narrative this morning. Love. Pilate, Herod, the crowd. The centurion gets it. Jesus was innocent. The crowd leaves in shame, it seems. They go back to their homes, beating their breasts. Regret, sorrow, what have we done? Jesus' followers, even acquaintances, stay, but at a distance. Maybe not allowed any closer by the soldiers. Maybe unable to gaze upon what's happened. And remember, for them in real time, they do not know the rest of the story yet. Jesus, the Messiah, has died, but they stay. Where else is there really to go? This week, let's be the followers and acquaintances. Let's get as close as we can and stay. With our understanding of our salvation through Christ, let's stay. With our understanding of who God is, let's stay. With our understanding of ourselves and knowledge of how we live, let's stay honestly sitting with our carelessness, our harshly playful curiosities, our propensities to deal with the loud and persistent voices in decision-making. Don't move from here straight to Easter. Amen.